Welcome to Stories Behind the Stars podcast, dedicated to honoring the fallen heroes of World War II. In this podcast, I interview researcher and author Donna Esposito. This is the three-part podcast where we'll learn about her book, the adventures she's gone in writing her book and finding World War II photos and the people in them, and researching and finding missing in action soldiers. Can you take some time, Donna, and introduce yourself to us? Hi, Tatiana. Thanks for having me today. My name is Donna Esposito, and I'm a writer and a World War II researcher. Um, I kind of hesitate to call myself a historian because I kind of really um, see myself as a really active researcher who's more of a detective. So I kind of a World War II Nancy Drew is how I like to think of myself. And so I've written a story, a novel, um, but since then the real life stories that I've uncovered have been kind of more fantastic than any kind of plot that I could think up on my own. So, but it, it did all start with writing my novel. Um, it's called Flying Time. And it's a historical fantasy set during World War II, of course. And I've been fascinated with World War II since I was a child. Um, started uh, probably when I was about um, uh, nine years old or so. My father was really interested in World War II, which I know is something that you can relate to. Um, and so it's wonderful to, to share that interest. And he was a child growing up during the war. So I think he was very... Um, nostalgic about the time period. And his family was very lucky in that he had numerous uncles who served, but they all came home safely. So he was able to look on that time fondly. So I kind of picked that up from him. And I also um, became very interested after seeing the musical South Pacific when I was nine years old. And I just was fascinated by that and knew I wanted to know more about it. And so that's been, oh, that's been just about 40 years now that I've been um, interested in World War II. And I've, um, I didn't choose that as a career path, though. I went a completely different route, but it's always been an interest of mine. And I'm sure like many people who are interested in World War II, we we often like to think, well, you know, if I was alive back then, what would I have done? You know, would I have been brave and, and you know, joined the wax or the, the wasp? Or what would I have done? And, um, and so just for fun, I started writing a story purely for myself about what I would like to do, kind of my, my ultimate fantasy. And so it is fantasy in that my, my character is a young woman, and she finds a World War II memento at a flea market. And this is actually um, based on real life for me. Um, I found when I was probably about 15 or 14 or 15 years old, a, a sweetheart charm at a flea market that somebody had made for their sweetheart. And it's a it's a lucite heart that's made from the, the windshield of a plane. And so the thick lucite um, plexi plexiglass that, that the canopies of aircraft were made from, well, 
Um, people loved souvenirs back then as, as we do now. And so it was a big deal for people who served to, to make or find souvenirs to send home to their families or their sweethearts. And, and in fact, there's a whole kind of um, thing called trench art where, where people will take soldiers, you know, will take whatever they can find and create souvenirs. And so this, this that I found was a piece of trench art made with a, the lucite and it's shaped like a heart. And it also has a collar insignia that somebody from the Army Air Force would wear in their uniform. And it has the insignia propeller with wings. And uh, engraved into that, it says New Guinea 1944. So I always wondered about who made that and who did they make it for, for their sweetheart back home. And, but there was absolutely no way to ever figure out who made it. So, you know, I just kind of started to wonder, you know, if I could go back in time, I'd like to find out who made that charm and, and you know, what happened to it? Why was it at a flea market all those years later? And so that's what uh, my heroine in the novel ends up doing. She finds a similar charm and in a way that's uh, a mystery to her, she finds herself back in 1943 in her hometown and she doesn't know how to get back to her own time. So she decides she just has to make the best of it and fit in and do her part for the war effort. And so she um, kind of starts off doing things that, that girls her age would have done, like serving as a hostess at a USO dance. Um, eventually decides that she needs to do a bit more for the war effort. And she ends up joining a traveling production of the Broadway show, Oklahoma. And I don't want to give too much away, but this, this really happened. The show was a big hit on Broadway in 1943. And in, in real life, in 1945, the USO camp shows mounted a tour of production that went to the Pacific Theater and presented the show for the troops. So I've changed the details a little bit, but, um, but overall, it's it's pretty accurate, and it was actually a great deal of fun putting in some some details, um, like the particular movies that were playing on uh, that she might have seen at the movies that week, or or something like that. And so she goes on uh, her her USO tour, and it turns into more of an adventure than she was expecting, and she. Well, I don't want to give away the, the, the whole plot, but she has some, some unbelievable experiences and does solve the mystery of uh, that led her to be back in time in the first place. And she learns a lot along the way and makes some good friends. And it's, uh, I think, a really, for my character, it was a really um, enlightening experience. And it became an enlightening experience for me as well, um, just because I got to do a lot of historical research for the book. But it also led me to kind of abandon my previous career, which was as um, a scientist, actually, as a, as a geneticist. <laughs> um, I had the, the benefit of um, being liberated from my, my position as um, manager of a DNA testing laboratory. And I don't say I was laid off because people, you know, 
we're um, saying, oh, that's terrible, but this was the best thing that ever happened to me. So I got to finish the book and I just realized I liked historical research so much better than scientific research. And it was just really fun and rewarding. And so, um, so I've made it my career. And I'll tell you when we're, when we're ready a little bit about some of that historical research and a particular story that actually made its way into the book. Once I, once I found out about this person's story, it was just too compelling um, not, not to share it. And he, he became a character in the book. So, so um, what, just real quick, for what audience ages would you say, is this something that you could like refer to like a high schooler or do you think it's a more of a mature audience that you're targeting? Well, I'm, I'm proud to say I've had people read it from early teenagers all the way to World War II veterans in their 90s. And um, I, I think that it's appropriate for any age level. It's not, there's nothing um, offensive or racy <laughs> in there. Um, and so it's certainly appropriate for middle schoolers on up. And, um, but I'm especially proud to um, have had World War II veterans read it. So obviously I'm writing about a time that I didn't live through um, as much as I would have liked to. And to have somebody who served in World War II read the book and say, yeah, you really, you got this part right. That's what it was like is, has just been an amazing, um, amazing for me because you know, I was a little, little nervous about having people who lived through it read it. So that was uh, very, very meaningful for me. Well, I'll put the link in the description and people can check out um, your book. It sounds super exciting. I'm excited to go read it. Um, oh, and <laughs> and uh, we'll share it with our readers. Thank you for listening to part one of this podcast series. Come back for part two, where you hear Donna tell the story of an iconic World War II photo and the poor soldier who lost his life to save thousands of others and inspire hundreds of thousands of Americans to donate plasma. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We're so excited to be bringing you podcasts every Tuesday of researchers who are finding the fallen heroes of World War II. If this is something you're passionate about, please consider by supporting our nonprofit initiative by donating or becoming a researcher yourself. Visit us at www.storiesbehindthestars.org to learn more.